This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Dirt is a highly immersive audio experience. To make sure you catch all the details, headphones are highly recommended. Dirt, an audio drama, is a production of Studio 5705. Chapter 7 Hey, Mel. Haven't looked at your messages yet. What's up? You were being followed. What? I'm going through the camera footage now. <sighs> Can you tell for how long? Well, at least for a few blocks before the crosswalk. I haven't looked at the footage from farther away yet. I also noticed you went into that noodle shop. <sighs> yeah. Didn't I tell you that I ordered lunch for you? I momentarily forgot. I didn't actually eat there. Somebody in dark jeans and a dark jacket, medium height, and red headphones. They were near you in the crowd while you were down on the pavement, too. But that's all I know so far. I can update you more later, after I've looked through everything else. Okay. Crap. Can you tell if they dropped anything on the ground next um, to me? I just said. Yep. Right. Any news on the background check? Still waiting to hear back. Okay. You're worried about Friday's meeting with Molecular. It's starting to feel like the wrong week to try to sell a $40 million company. I don't suppose a freak storm is about to shut down the Berlin airport. The Germans will be here Thursday night. Right. Guess I better be on my best behavior. For sure Angela is. Angela. I better go. I have a project to run, you know. Of course. No way you're on a smoke break right now. Oh, there you go being funny again. Followed. Just me. Don't tell me you're gonna keep those sunglasses on. <laughs> oh, it's my eyes. They're sensitive to the light? Well, it looks to me like you're trying to hide. What are you wanted for? 
Hit and run? Actually, it's not too bad in here. You say that now. Just wait till you taste the food. You need a minute with the menu? Nah. Could I get a Denver omelet? Light on the cheese? And some coffee? Kinda late for breakfast, isn't it? Now what can I say? It sounds good. Alright. Don't spoil your dinner. Cream too? Yeah. Oh, and some hot, hot sauce? sauce? Don't worry. I got a sixth sense about me. Hey Carl! Mile high omelet! And take it easy on the cheese! Thanks, Carla. I wasn't planning to get back on the road so soon, but when it dawned on me this morning that Imo may have dropped a big clue, six of them to be exact, in a simple story that he wrote more than 30 years ago about some of his favorite places around Washington. I mean, after what just happened in Wapato, and learning that Salvador and Maria had received a letter from Imo too, and then finding a box in the ground on the farm, and the way I found the box using an old metal detector that I'm pretty sure belonged to Imo all those years ago. Here's that coffee. I can hear that ding-a-ling-ling all the way from the kitchen. You've got two phones? Ugh, sorry about that. There, muted. If I had two phones, I'd just play Candy Crush against myself all day. It'd be way better than working at this joint. <laughs> Are you gonna get that? Huh? Antonia is calling. Look, that's what it says on your phone screen. Right. Sorry. I'll try to keep this quiet. It won't bother me any. At least somebody in this town has something going on. Antonia. Hi. <clears throat> so, you said you went to the police? It was good to see you too. Sorry? I didn't write you back right away yesterday, so I'm telling you now. Your visit, it made my parents very happy. Oh, well that's good to hear. Next time I promise not to show up out of nowhere like that. Where are you? <laughs> I'm at a cafe in a little town south of Olympia. Not too far from the coast. So, so you... I went back to the police and told them that my license was mailed to me from someone in Seattle. Like I said, I just told them it was returned anonymously. Yeah. Thanks for that. That seemed to make sense to them. They said some other items were stolen from over here at about the same time, and turned up at a recycling center in Seattle. <laughs> they think that whoever did it went on a stealing spree, and then drove over there and dumped the stuff they didn't want into a blue bin, when they probably meant a black trash bin. Yeah. The whole bins thing is kind of a mess over here. So, do they have any idea who did Don't it? Don't you think it's strange that you, out of all people, found my license? It's not exactly random, is it? Well, the police aren't supposed to reveal identities, but I've known most of them since we were kids. So, yeah, they mentioned a likely suspect who's under investigation. Oh. Did you get his name or address or anything like that? Her. What? It's a her. Oh, right. Her. She lives in Yakima. I was thinking about paying her a visit. Wait, by yourself? You don't think I should? 
Well, I... I can handle myself, Joseph. Of course. Sorry, I, I didn't mean it like that. I'm just wondering if... I mean, knowing that it could all be connected. Your purse getting stolen. Me finding the license. Digging up that box at the farm. They don't know for sure that she did it, right? I know who she is. You know who she is? Okay. So, I have somebody over here looking into it, too. It might be good to try to connect a few dots before confronting her, I guess is what I'm saying. Would you be okay holding off for a couple of days? You know, you still do that thing when you eat. What thing? You smack your lips every third or fourth chew. I noticed it when you were over here. I do? You do. <laughs> I do not. I think he put too much cheese on here. It looks fine. Okay. Hey, can I ask you a question? Sure, hon. I'm looking for the old PL school. Hmm, you mean like older than the school that's down the street? Yeah. Not the newer one I drove past on the way in, but an older one. From, like, back in the 30s or 40s? Oh, honey, you're asking the wrong gal. I just moved here a month ago. The chef might know, though. He was actually born here. Hey! Carl! Carl! What do you want, Carla? Yeah, where's that old school located? The one from the 40s. A large middle-aged man in a dirty chef's outfit walks out of the kitchen and toward us, wiping his hands on a rag. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you in there. It's okay, is there a problem? He was asking about that old school in town. You know, wondering where it is. Wait, you're Carla, and you're Carl? Yep, we got Carlos back there helping in the kitchen too. Just worked out that way. All right. Well, my grandfather taught school here in PL years ago. I just figured, hey, I'm passing through. Might as well take a look. I mean, who knows when I'll be out this way again, you know? Yeah. Is that your fancy car out the window there? You from Seattle? Yeah. Well, we get people like you come through here once in a while for stuff like that. My advice is to keep on going. Oh, just hush. Just saying it like it is. So you want to know about the school from around the time of the Great Wars? Well, that's easy. It's right behind us. Oh, it's that close? Yep. When you walk out of here, just go around the corner and look at that old building with the blue roof. The one that looks like it might fall down, but it won't. That's all that's left of the old school. Used to be the gymnasium, but today it's the VFW hall. VFW is about the most exciting thing going on around here. That's not true. You just don't know. Guess I don't. I pay and walk outside and head around the corner toward the back of the cafe. And sure enough, there it is. An old, large wooden building with white windows and a blue roof. Alrighty then. 
It would be weird for me to do what I came here to do while it's still light out. In a couple of hours, it'll start to get dark. So, to kill some time, I decide to drive around and see the surrounding area. What there is of it. P-L, which is two words, spelled P-E-E-L-L, -L, is eight, maybe ten blocks long from what I can tell. There's a Texaco, a post office, several churches, a few restaurants and bars, a couple of banks, and a grocery store. A sign on Main Street advertises a farmer's market on Saturdays. P-L may be tiny, but it's the biggest town for miles, right in the heart of timber country. The same Chehalis River that 90 or so miles downstream from here flows into Grays Harbor at Aberdeen and then into the Pacific Ocean, skirts the western edge of town. I head west on Highway 6, the main road between here and the coast. The highway passes through hay and dairy farms and up and over forested hills that are checkered with patchy clearcuts. Logging has long been a way of life here and has been for generations, going as far back as the arrival of the first European settlers. I know from Imo's stories that it was the timber industry and the promise of work for Imo's father as a longshoreman or logger or fisherman or oyster harvester or cranberry grower that brought the Elos and many other immigrant families to the Washington coast in the first place. I don't know this area well, but I do know my family history can be traced throughout the meandering rivers and swampy meadows of these coastal lowlands. At the town of South Bend, where the Willapa River starts to flow into the marshy estuary of Willapa Bay, I pass a statue of a giant oyster shell that's at least as tall as my car, with a sign that reads, World's Largest Oyster. I consider venturing further towards the open ocean, but I keep an eye on the clock and the quickly darkening sky and start to make my way back the same way I came. Just before I get back to PL, I park near a bridge on Highway 6 that crosses over the Chehalis River. I briefly look around for anything suspicious, as I have numerous times now since Mel called. The river is low, but a month from now, when late November storms start to batter the Washington coast, one after another, the ground I'm standing on will be several feet underwater and will stay that way until summer. From here, the Chehalis takes on the waters of the New Wacom, Skookumchuk, Black, Satsop, Wainuchi, and Wishka rivers, and countless creeks and streams before running its course. Washington is many things. Forests, deserts, mountains, coulees and canyons, islands, and vast prairies. But more than anything else, it may be rivers.
It's nearly dark as I park near Carl's Cafe again. I stay in the car and answer some work texts and emails until it really is dark. And then, when no one seems to be around, I start to get ready. I put on a dark wool hat and jacket. I strap a headlamp around my hat, leaving the light turned off for now. I grab my duffel bag and sling the strap over my shoulder. Then I grab the Coinmaster 4 metal detector and head towards the old school building. Other than a bright light shining from an outdoor sconce next to the old gymnasium's main door, the area around the old school, now the Veterans of Foreign Wars building, is quiet. I use the faint glow of my phone's home screen to scan the foundation as I walk along it. I get about halfway around the building, and then I see it. Nice. An old faucet coming out of the wall. I turn on my headlamp, and from my duffel bag I grab some wired earbuds and plug them into a small hole in the Coinmaster using an adapter I purchased. The places I've been. If that is the phrase that Imo is saying over and over again in his home movies, as Kim's email suggested, and if I'm right that the story of that title in The Hitchhiker's Guide to Grace Harbor is in fact the key to unlocking whatever it is I'm supposed to find or do next, I could be in for a long road trip. Most of the stories in Imo's collection go into colorful detail about locations and people and events from all throughout his life. By contrast, the places I've been is not much more than a simple roundup of place names and single line descriptions, almost to the point of being forgettable. And yet, it may be the story that unlocks everything. Leave it to Imo to hide his clues in plain sight. Wherever you are, I hope you're enjoying all this. Hey, you there. A bright flashlight shines directly at me. I look up and see two silhouettes standing about 10 feet away. Whoa, it's okay. Do you mind lowering your light so I can see you? Here, I'll turn off my headlamp. Whoa, okay. I'm lowering my hands. Whoever's holding the flashlight moves the beam down to the grass in front of me, shining it on the metal detector. They take a couple of steps forward. Say, is that an old coin master you got there? Carl? The light shines back on my face. Omelette guy. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Now don't tell anyone, though. They usually have a kale salad for lunch. <laughs> Gosh, I haven't seen one of these in person in a long time. It still works? Yeah. Huh. Well, this here's my dad, Bernie. Carl shines the flashlight on the person next to him, who looks annoyed and puts a hand up to his face to block the light. He's short, especially next to Carl's sizable frame, and appears to be in his 80s or 90s. He's dressed sharply in navy pants and an old military-style jacket and hat. He's also holding a rifle, 
One that looks about as old as he is. Staff Sergeant Bernie Franks. We just got done inside the building here, setting up for tomorrow's chamber lunch. You know, I didn't catch your name earlier. Oh, uh, it's Joe. Why are you out here? It's kind of a long story. Well, Dad, I'd say he's metal detecting, wouldn't you? But why after dark? Would have been a lot easier when you were here earlier. Well, like I said, it's a you long... You know, I've located several old coins and keys here myself. You have a detector? Oh, you bet your doodle tickler I do. Mine's a lot newer than that old beauty you're using, though. I've got an M6. Got it new a couple years ago to replace an MXT All Pro with the 950 coil. Which, by the way, I sold for a dang good price. And then, with the M6 being a lot cheaper, but pretty much about as good, I also got me a nice new coil cover, plus an 8-inch probe, and a bullseye TRX pinpointer, too. Is that... Is that what you're using in the bag there? Uh, no. Just a small shovel, pretty much. I like to go light. Sounds like you have quite the setup. More like a dream setup, if you know what I mean. What are you doing out here? Spying on us? You belong to a gang or something? No. No, no. Nothing like that. Seems to me you're up to no good. Look, Dad, he told me earlier today that his grandpa... Isn't that right? Your your granddad? Yeah. So his grandpa used to teach here, way back in the day, when this was part of the old school. Look, I get that it's weird me being out here at night like this. Honestly, though, I just didn't want to draw attention to myself. Although, looks like that plan backfired. <laughs> I'll say. Well, what are you looking for, anyway? I mean, nothing really. Right. Well, I just have a feeling my grandfather might have left something here a long time ago. Left something? You mean on purpose? I'm not really sure. Most likely I'm wrong, though. There's probably nothing here. I'll just wrap up here in a minute and get going. Well, here's the thing, Joe. I could cite you for trespassing. Oh. Cite me? Carl... Let's just go. I do have some jurisdiction here, seeing as I'm the part-time fish and wildlife officer for the Southwest region. Maybe if you could just tell me more about what you've got going on here, we could come to some kind of compromise. Compromise? Well, I can't let you roam around on someone's private property like this, can I? And the way I see it, you could really do yourself a favor by using something with a lot more signal power. Hey, I could go get mine. No, no. that That's okay. I'm... It's okay. You wouldn't be inconveniencing me. It's not far. I could be back in ten minutes after I drop Dad here off at home. Carl, that's not necessary. Thank you, though. Really, just five or ten more minutes and I'll be out of here. I'm really sorry to bother you both. Well, do you mind if we stay and watch? I mean, on the grounds of trespassing and all. What? Well, Dad, you heard what he said. It won't take long. Man, I love these old things. I can't believe you have one. The boys on the treasure hunt for them, they're going to love hearing about this. Wait, wait. Do you run in double A's or nine volts in there? The batteries? You bet. I mean the batteries. Oh, yeah, double A's. Does it really take 14 of them? Yeah, 
14. Carl's clearly not going anywhere. And Bernie still looks like he wants to shoot me. Or Carl. I can't tell which now. It looks like if I'm going to see this through, I'll have an audience. And, if I'm not careful, a new detector buddy named Carl. Well, I'll just, uh, pick up where I left off then. For the next few minutes, I can hear Carl explaining to Bernie about dials and switches and coils. It's awkward being watched and critiqued. I try my best to look like I know what I'm doing. Then I get an idea. Maybe if I drive away and come back in a couple hours, I'll truly have the place to myself. Well, just as I thought, it's not here. That's it? Yeah. It was just a hunch anyway. Too bad. I had to give it a try though, you know? I think he's lying. What? Where'd you say you were from? Earlier, he said he's from Seattle. That's a long drive to come all the way down here and give up so quickly. I start to calculate the distance from here to the car, and if I have enough time to outrun Carl and drive off before this gets any more personal, or before I really do get myself in some kind of trouble. Hey, you got a hit. Again. I didn't know the old ones do that when they find something. Yeah. (sighs) I hover the disc over the ground where the detector was just shaking. (sighs) Nothing. Suddenly. (laughs) Whoa. The detector pulls me to the left, like it wants to go somewhere. (laughs) And then... (sighs) Shh, Dad, I don't know, I'm trying to watch. Oh, you should totally get a groundhog shovel. They're about 60 bucks, perfect for stuff just like this. I dig up chunks of grass and hear Bernie behind me saying, I better put those back when I'm done. And then... Oh, Dad, did you hear that? Gosh, that sounds bigger than a coin. I get a few fingers underneath it and pry it free from a few roots. And then... Whoa, is that a box? I again consider grabbing my things and dashing for the car. But Carl is right next to me now, and Bernie still has his rifle. Loaded or not. Will you look at that? Your granddad left this here for you? How long ago? And how did you know that? I don't know exactly when. Might have been decades ago. I can't believe it was actually here. Well, you gonna open it? (sighs) The cloth interior is in bad shape, like the box in Wapato. A small plastic bag shines brightly 
in the rays of the headlamp and flashlight. I set the box down and unfold and open the bag. Inside, there's a folded up note on familiar stationery, plus something shiny. I quickly stuff the paper in my pocket, but I hold the coin out in my palm so Carl and Bernie can see it. That's... Can you see what year that is? I squint at the nickel in the bright light. Looks like 1938. Whew. A 1938 Jefferson. You should find out if that's a proof. They only minted something like 20,000 of them. Makes it worth even more. So you know a lot about coins, too. Okay. He goes to shows, bids on auctions on his computer. He goes through all the change at the cafe, too. Well, Dad, all it takes is one good find, and I can retire. Carl wants to keep talking, but I'm beyond ready to get out of here. Okay, as promised. I'll get out of your hair now. Oops. Almost forgot about the grass. There we go. Now wait. Uh, just wait. I mean, this is pretty exciting. <laughs> Finding that old box in the ground there. It's Joe, right? You want to grab a beer or something, Joe? Let him go, Carl. He got what he came for. Besides, I'm late for Jeopardy. Sorry, Carl. I need to get going. Thanks for not shooting me. Hope you both have a good rest of your night. Okay, hold on. <laughs> now... I mean, it's a pretty small world of people these days who metal detect. And even smaller for those who find anything of value anymore. How about let's exchange phone numbers. Here, give me your number and I'll send you a text right now so you have mine. I consider the ramifications of sharing anything of mine with a stranger. Especially with everything going on at work and social media right now. Let alone one who just saw me unearth a mysterious object under the cloak of night. In a small town that I don't live in and who seems just savvy enough with information to be both clingy and dangerous. But playing along feels like the easiest escape right now, so I give him the number of my new phone. It'll be easy enough to block him if he calls or texts. Got it. Okay. So, uh, Joe, what's your last name? Just Joe. All right. Just Joe. I start to walk back to the car, and they walk with me, right next to me. Carl tells me about some of the coins in his collection, and that there's a show at the Tacoma Dome he's going to, starting tomorrow night. We get back to the cafe, and Carl and Bernie start to splinter off towards a nearby truck. Dude. Man, that was close. Nobody knows I was here. I steal one final look at Carl in my rearview mirror, and I can tell what he's doing. Oh, great. He has his phone out, and he's aiming it at me. He's taking a picture of my license plate.
Dirt, an audio drama, is a production of Studio 5705 and is written, directed, and produced by me, Chris Cayella. This chapter features the voice talents of Jesse Brown as Mel, Catherine Mears Herto as Carla, Megan Morales as Antonia, Aaron Patterson as Carl, and J. Lewis Reed as Bernie. I play the part of Joseph. For more information about Dirt, an audio drama, visit dirtaudiodrama.com. And for the latest updates, please follow the show on Twitter. If you like what you hear, please rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts and tell your friends and family. Thank you very much for listening. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, I'm Bernard. And I'm Magenta. You might know us from such hit podcasts as Madame Magenta, Sonus Mystica. Horror anthology Magenta Presents. Or season three of Mockery Manor. We're everywhere. And we're spreading faster than an STD in an old folks' home, because now we have a brand new podcast. Wham! Wham! It's a fun acronym that stands for We Have a Movie. Oh, it's not just an acronym, Bernard. It's not? It's a chat podcast where we invent smash hit Hollywood movies based on popular toys. If you like the Barbie movie and you want to see similar treatments of your favourite childhood toys, I'll wager you'll like Wham! With episodes on Polly Pocket, Rubik's Cube, Game Boy, Strawberry Shortcake, Furby, Connect Four, and lots of other nostalgia bait. But it's not just for adults who still like toys. It's a podcast for anyone who loves Hollywood tropes and comedy. And quantum mechanics. And BDSM. Wham! has something for everyone, but is still specifically about movies. That's Wham! W-H-A-M. You know, like when Batman punches someone. Yes. Adam West. That Batman. Exactly. Not the Christopher Nolan one. No. Download it anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's what the world needs, another movie podcast. Was that clear? Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned quantum mechanics. Mm.